<laughs> I did it. That was my intro. That's how I intro. Welcome to Beach Theory. <laughs> Ta da! <laughs> I feel like I can't even see your face because the microphone is covering uh, Oh, sorry. The microphone sorry. needs to be on this side. I got it. You're not going to be able to hear Hello. it. Hello. Trust me. I trust you. No, move the whole thing this way. I like it this way. You like arguing with me. Yep. <laughs> All right, whatever. It's going to be okay. This will be the episode where we fight. Okay. Who's going to win? Me. <laughs> so today's episode, <laughs> last week we talked about all the pets we had and how we ate dogs and cats. No, we did not eat them. Rabbits ate rabbits and I ate chickens. That's all. <laughs> and then in today's episode. Oh, and I guess the dog ate a kitten. Oh my. Animals are vicious. And the dogs got their butts glued together. Let's pretend like I didn't tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I want to talk about what happens next in my life. So I'm trying to go chronological and I don't remember a lot from my early childhood. So we've gotten quickly to the point of teenage years. Teenage years. I think this is going to be episode nine. Ooh. So actually, I'm not at the teenage years yet. I'm at the age of 12. Basically, a tween. When I was 12, I had... Uh, <gasps> what? James is almost a tween. He's barely almost 10. That's almost a tween! A tween is when you're 12, period. There's no other age that encompasses 11. Tween. No, 11 is ten. not tween. No, 10. 8. <laughs> just kidding. You're in a mood. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when he fights me, when and we record me, too it just many makes podcasts. Me want him like to mess with him. When we record Sorry. too many podcasts in a day, <laughs> it's getting a little bit. What's the word I'm looking for? Schweisty. Schweisty. <laughs> Schweisty. German feisty. <laughs> I'll pick your nose. Good. I got some boogers for you. So good luck. Wipe them in your hair. Anyways. <laughs> so <laughs> I turned 12. <sighs> I don't remember much about turning 12, except Tween. that I started going to young men's at church. Ooh. Oh, and I started to have to wear deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the big thing you remember about that year. <laughs> I remember being very uncomfortable about the idea. Cause Smells I, good. I think I was actually at an activity with the church. And someone was like, um, Melanie, my, to my sister, Michael <laughs> needs deodorant. Can you let him borrow some of your deodorant? <laughs> and so Melanie came up and was like, somebody said you need to use some Oh, deodorant. that's the worst. And I was like, oh, I don't even know what this is. Does that mean I smell bad? It's like, that's where it like cuts the deepest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Aww. yeah, that was a weird time in my life. And I remember uh, the first. Yo, birdie. I remember the f <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first deodorant I ever bought was Old Spice. Oh, and I think the flavor was. Uh, and you tasted it. This is a flavor. 
smell was now? Old. It was old man smell. It was like that's all I can think of when I hear. I just old remember spice. that it was a really cool smell. You know what's funny? I though? really liked it. My brothers all used Old Spice. Here's the weird thing, though. My body adapted to the deodorant to where it stopped working. <gasps> what? Yeah. That's weird. And even to this day, mutant. I c- even to this day, like my body has an immunity against Old Spice deodorant, <laughs> to where I can't use it without the stink coming through anyway. Well, I think your weird? stink smells. Yummy. <laughs> oh my. Nice. I Those like are called the way you pheromones. Smell. Yep, that is. <laughs> is it working? <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to watch our YouTube video because yeah, you're missing you, out if, if you're not. If you only listen on, on podcasting sites, you're missing out on a lot of comedy. Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> the subtleties of. Puberty. I love this episode. <laughs> Wait, you're not at puberty yet in your story. No, but I'm going to. Just for this episode. Yeah, because you're talking about it. I want to talk about it. <laughs> also, I went through puberty older or younger than you. Oh, so actually it might match up perfectly. Yeah. So when I was 12 going through puberty, you're like seven going through puberty. We're not five <laughs> years apart. We're three. So you'd have been what, 10? Yeah. Yeah, you were 10. Is that when you went through puberty? I think I started when I was like 11. Okay. And by puberty, I mean period. <laughs> so tell us about your first period experience. Um, I feel like I don't remember all that much except for... You blocked it from your memory. I think my mom said there was a special class at school because they did that where it was like... They just, just to make sure that everybody knew all the same stuff, they did like this special class where they invited your parents to the class and it was like after school and you got like a kit where it had like tampons and pads and like deodorant. What a great class. Razor, that type of thing. I missed that class. <sighs> yeah, he <I> did. <laughs> but like that was something that everybody was kind of, they weren't required to do and my mom was like, I think I will just do that myself with her. So I didn't end up going to that class. Not that I remember, not with my mom, but instead my mom just gave me a kit and explained to me a whole bunch of stuff, Um, which I appreciate because I think I was, I was either 10 or 11, but um, it was soon after that, that I had my first period. And so it was really good to know that. So I didn't think I was dying because I had friends who did not know anything by the time they started having a period and they thought they were bleeding to death. What kind of parent, what kind of mom of a child? Now listen, can it's be like, usually... My kid's 11, my little girl's 11 and she's probably still not even close. But like, listen, some kids start at 8. Some girls start at 8. Ellie is two years away from that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> You just can't, you just, no, there's not, it's normal, but just like to say that at eight, that's that's too early. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it sneaks up on parents, I think, and they don't realize it's time yet. Or you just kind of stay the same. You're not 11, you're like six. And she's like, mom, I'm 11. (laughs) It's like Matilda. I'm six years old. You're four and a half. (laughs) (laughs) I'm six. I had my birthday. Five then. <laughs> 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 I was six in August. <laughs> yeah. 
So when are you going to have that talk with Ellie then? I mean, she's six. Five then. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. Because well, I don't want to like... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a talk with James already. Well, though that was when he was eight about Santa and the Tooth Fairy. Oh, we didn't talk about... Magic killing, magic killing talk. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Which means we got to have that with Corbin soon. What? I have to get something. I will no, be wait, right back. Wait, what? I'll be right back. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Better hope no kids are listening to this episode. We're about to express some of the components of the magic killer talk. We really need to come up with a different name than that, I think. Um... So let's see, what else? So I started going to Yumen's. I started doing Boy Scouts when I turned 12. And I started going to Deacon's Quorum at church, which is the 12 and 13-year-old boys. And um, also, because I was 12, I started going to Sunday school. Um, for some reason, it's like I wasn't aware of girls until I turned 12. Like, I was in classes with girls all through primary, but as soon as I turned 12, it was, like, super uncomfortable sitting next to girls all of a sudden. And it was, like, it was almost like I'd never done that before in my whole life. Wait, I missed something interesting. That's what happens when you run away. Okay, let's talk about the Tooth Fairy, because that's what we talked about the other day. So, (sighs) Corbin has a terrible Tooth Fairy that always forgets to bring money and take his tooth. When the tooth fairy has to juggle four kids, it gets to be (laughs) too much. So he lost a tooth the other day. He put it underneath his pillow. Like a week ago. He put it underneath his pillow. Hey, you pulled it out. So you should have been more aware. Talk quietly. This is secret. I just remember sitting around and they were like, look, mom pulled the tooth. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. So we pulled the tooth. He put it under his pillow. Then three days later, he comes to me and he's like, mom, I don't know what's happening but the tooth fairy did not give me any money. And my tooth is still underneath my pillow. And I looked at Michael and I was like, oh, you have a bad tooth fairy. <laughs> I said, whoa, that's so weird. Maybe it's because you were sleeping in a different bed because sometimes he sleeps on the couch in the front room. And he's like, well, I thought that too. But then I slept on my normal bed to make sure. And they still didn't come that night. And then I slept on it again the next night, and they still didn't come. And I was just thinking, we're horrible. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? That's really interesting. I wonder if you just have, like, a really bad tooth fairy. Maybe you should write them a letter. So this, what I hold in my hand right now, And you have to watch the video to be able to see it and appreciate it. Yes, is the letter to the tooth fairy. It says, tooth fairy. You never got my tooth. And let me talk to your boss. (laughs) I need a new tooth fairy. (laughs) (laughs) Here, I'm going to show it up. Yes, hold it up to them. It's so sweet. And I was trying so hard not to laugh that tears were popping out of my eyeballs. (gasps) Oh, that scared me. Here you go. Somebody's at the door at our house. 
Becca's going to go answer the door. Oh. <laughs> we were talking. Oh, we were just looking at the newspaper or the, yeah, oh the letter goodness. that Corbin wrote. All the so kids cute. are back in the in the room watching a movie so we could talk about it again. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. Why we, how did we get on this topic? Because tooth fairies. Oh, periods. Having to talk yes. with your kids. Tooth fairies. Of course. But I didn't. I was laughing so hard on the inside that tears were popping out of my eyeballs. And one of the kids said, Mom, why are you crying? <laughs> You're like, because the tooth fairy is bad. <laughs> yeah, I said something like that. It was so funny. I could not even. I could not even. <laughs> so back to puberty. So back to puberty. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, so I was 12. I was talking about how I started doing Boy Scouts. And that was really, really exciting. I remember uh, going to the Boy Scout office and getting a book and getting a uniform. And like, I was super excited. Like, I'm going to be an Eagle Scout. This is going to be awesome. And I was all gung-ho. And uh, I started attending Scouts on on Wednesday nights at the church. And all the boys that were in Scouts didn't like being in Scouts. Like, all the boys that were older than me were like, this is really dumb. I never wear my uniform. I never tuck it in if I do. Like, I just want to play basketball every week. Mm. And so it's kind of like, the, there's my role model. There's my example of oh, like. Man. I'm when you all, were like this gung-ho, Yeah, it's going to be fun. And everyone's like, this is dumb. And, That's and the worst. Yeah, it was kind of lame. Because I feel like I've had teachers like that that are like, they don't even want to teach what they're teaching me. And I'm like, well, I don't want to learn it. Yeah. yeah. It was just really sad because I saw the value in what scouting had to offer. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I never got the that good experience that I really, really wanted. And so, and, and the same thing, like I, w- I went on a couple of campouts. I remember going and uh, all the older kids that were older than me. Um, Cause when you turn 12, you start going to young men's at that point. And because you're like the newest, youngest member of the deacons quorum or the young men's group, or the scout troop, um, everybody's older than you. And literally every boy that was older than me was not very nice to me and they didn't mm-hmm. want to be there and they were like their parents made them go kind of a situation. And so they all had bad attitudes. And because I wanted to be there and I had a good attitude, it like made them dislike me and be mean to me that Even much more. more. Yeah. So, it makes me so mad. Yeah. I, this is, again, where I just feel like the protective... Ah, that is... Whenever I love somebody and I care about them, I just never, ever want them to get bullied or hurt. And I have always felt like if it's... I don't care who they are. I don't care how big they are. I don't care how strong they are. I'm going to talk to them about it. Yeah. I'm directly, and I'm going to call them out on it because I'm, I don't think that's okay ever. Totally. Mm. So that was And I think experience. being direct scares people. Yeah. Enough to make them leave you alone. I I I think I might have been too serious too. You know, I think part of the part of the problem was I did a lot of homeschool. Um even though I did go to public school for 2 years, I never really had a lot of friends. Like I like I had a lot of friends that were my age and younger. Um but I never had a lot of friends that were like older than me or I didn't really get along well with people that were older. And I don't feel like it was ever like really my fault because a lot of the kids were mean, but I didn't know how to take sarcasm or 
I didn't really agree with the crude humor that they would tell jokes. Like, I didn't laugh at their Oh, well, I remember jokes. them making fun of you because you cared about keeping animals alive. On and one they were camp squishing out. Yeah. baby fish or frogs or something. Yeah, it was one one camp out. Someone had pulled up a net full of fish and a whole bunch of little minnows got caught in the net. And I was like pushing the minnows back into the water and all the other boys in the scout troop were stomping on them and killing and squishing the fish. That's so stupid. Being, and I mean, they're fish. Like, who really cares? But I was like, guys, like, that, don't kill no, the fish. No, people care. It's just people senseless. People care. That, senseless killing. Don't, you don't need to senselessly kill these creatures. And they, For no reason. And I think that just added to their, like, oh, you're a tree hugger. Oh, you're a hippie. Like, we don't like you even more kind of an attitude. Mm. And I was like, it just made me feel really bad. So like when I hear about kids that are that that go through that similar experience in the youth in the church or or anywhere I'm like I can relate to that but at the same time like you can rise above that you don't have to stoop to that you don't have to act that way yourself you don't have to leave the church or go you know away just because people are rude like rise above it and make a new a new trend because this is what I did like yeah as I got older a year or two older like younger boys came in and I put my arm around them and I said you know I treated them the way that I wish I had been treated when I was not like dirt when I was there like and they became some of my very best friends my whole life I feel like I was a lucky one because I did not get bullied but I also wasn't a bully I just somehow was right in the middle <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I was nice to people and they were occasionally mean to me, but I would stand up for myself and then they would never be mean to me. Yeah. Like. I don't know. I guess I didn't really stand up for myself. My attitude was always just walk away. Because I remember like when I was in elementary school and they were like, if someone's being mean to you, don't fight. Just walk away. Mm-hmm. Come tell a teacher and just walk away. And so that was always my go-to. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to fight with anybody. So if someone was rude or mean, I just walk away, mm-hmm. go talk to somebody else, just ignore them. Yeah. Um, and all through my experience in the young men's, these same boys grew, grew up and ultimately a lot, I can't say all of them, but a lot of them made a lot of bad choices mm-hmm. and have, you know, changed their lives. Some of them for the better and realized what they were doing wasn't constructive or kind. Uh, one of the boys specifically reached out to me after I was an adult and said, I am so sorry for the way that I treated you. That was, no one should ever be treated that way. And that was unacceptable. And that was shocking for me because that was after we were married. And I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was that bad. I think I had heard every now and then, oh yeah, Michael was bullied. And I was like thinking most people are, you know, like not thinking, oh, that's, I, I like, I thought it was sad, but I didn't think much of it until after that. And then I was like, what exactly happened? Right. Because that's, you know, people don't usually apologize like that unless it's some serious stuff that mm-hmm. went down. <sighs> right. But I can sympathize with people that are bullied. Like, it's not cool. It's not fun. It's not like, I don't know. It made me not want to be around them or not want to go. But at the same time, I wanted to have friends. I wanted to be social. Well, that was like your main social thing that you ever yeah, did because i being homeschooled like i was home all day every day going to young men's on wednesday nights was like when my one ch- or church on sunday was like 
That was my only chance to be around other people that were my age. And when all the guys my age were just jerks, and I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to become like that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to think, oh, you're, you know, that's hilarious to be rude to to people and to make bad jokes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. Um, But that was a really hard time, but also an exciting time because I started to, you know, be aware of girls. <laughs> oh, you were aware of girls way before That's that. true. <laughs> it's like I took a break. Because when yeah. I was... <laughs> it's okay. You Next can be aware of girls one day too. Okay. <laughs> I guess I never <laughs> talked about that. When I was six, I had a lot of girlfriends. Mostly cousins. Oh, mostly oh, just kidding. cousins. One, your first kiss was your cousin. That's true. <laughs> but when I, I had a lot of gr- girls that were in the neighborhood that were like, I loved them. <laughs> He's always loved women. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm his only one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Max just woke up from his nap, so he's hanging he's out with us. He's a little bit fussy. Because I don't right think now. he's feeling very well. Yeah. But, um, so I went through, <sighs> I think I was, I was like 9, 10, and 11 when we lived in Fountain Green. And that was... The year 1999, 2000, and 2001. Um, <laughs> look at that smug smile on his face. <laughs> okay, you can go wash the dishes. So, um, I had gone to church and I was in the primary for a little while in the older part of primary, which is just, you know, where the little kids go during church. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember it being really fun. I had friends there, it was good. Um, But I do remember being treated like a little kid all the time. And that was, I feel like every kid goes through this phase of being like, trying their hardest to not make mistakes and then making mistakes anyway and yeah. being discouraged and feeling like, why can't I grow up? Why can't I just do everything right? Why, why do I have to keep making all these mistakes? And it was super frustrating during that time because I think I was legitimately trying hard to like be better, to be a good kid, but it was like, <laughs> I would just do things and, you know, like slap your brother in the face, not even think about it, you know, what type of I things. Thinking? And then why it's did like, I why did I do that? I don't know. <laughs> reflexes i don't know (laughs) you know so um that was hard but then uh we moved to mount pleasant when i was 11 no i had yeah when i was 11 at the beginning of the school year and then i turned 12 no i got there right before halloween so i think we had already started the school year in fountain green when i was 11 and i had turned 12 and then we moved to mount pleasant and i was 12 there already Um, But I remember never going to the primary in Mount Pleasant and everybody treated me older. Mm -hmm. But I I knew that like, because I had already turned 12. So I had gone to the new young women's like one or two times in Fountain Green. But I remember everybody just treating me like I was so young because I looked young and I acted young. And they had seen me in primary so much that in their minds, it was like I couldn't grow up from primary. Once I moved though, it was so nice because... No one there ever saw me in primary, so they all treated me older than I actually was. Sometimes it takes moving to a new place to start a new chapter in your life. Yeah, it was so nice. Like, just, I just remember thinking, 
everybody treats me better here. Like I'm not just a little kid. Yeah. And that was really nice. And I felt like I grew up like five years instead of not growing up at all and just moving. <laughs> I do remember in our church um, when I was that age, a lot of the older people in the ward really liking me. Specifically, like going out of their way to shake my hand and ask me how I was doing, like to they probably pay saw. attention to me. And I think, yeah, they were probably, they probably like, saw the bullying. Someone needs to befriend him. Aww. You know, make sure he knows that, like, he has value. He's loved. Yeah, because that was a hard time. It makes me think, how would it have made an impact in your life if you never went through that? Like, what if you what if you had stood up from yourself for yourself? And you didn't have those people be mean to you. Like, what kind of a thing, what could it have done for you now? You know what I mean? Like, could that have had lasting effects on you and you just don't even realize it because it's part of who you are? (coughs) Well, I do know this. And I know that it affected me in other ways, too, because I remember taking that pain that I felt by getting bullied. And I remember then being a bully especially to my brother Matthew. Mm. It's like, it's like I'm getting kicked and so now I'm going to kick someone else to kind of make myself feel better maybe. Um, and, mm. you know, I see it with our kids so too. So you didn't do it with other people that were younger than you at church. You tried especially hard at church to make friends, to make sure that right. the kids that were younger than you I felt did. loved. I really did. But when it came to your own brother that right. you were around all the time, that was a different story. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I feel really bad. Because I was really mean to Matthew and I was really mean to my brother Johnny too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've talked with them since. Yeah, a lot. A lot. And yeah. tried to make it right. And I have. And they both weren't like, yeah, you were mean. I hate you. They were like, oh, it's okay. I don't remember much. Yeah, they they both are like, don't even worry about it. Don't even think about it. Like, we it's were just, just kids. It's so sweet of them. It, it is, but it doesn't make it okay. Like, yeah. every day... I think about how bad I feel for what I did. And I see James and Corbin, you know, like if James gets in trouble because he did something wrong mm-hmm. and he gets a punishment or a discipline, smack five else. minutes later, he's in a bad mood. He's going to be mean to Corbin, even though Corbin doesn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. I think we all probably do that. But it's not fair. It's no, not right. No, it's not good. And whenever I see James doing that to Corbin, I jump in so fast to say, you need to stop. You cannot well, treat your brother like that. I feel like this is where family history is important to share what you've been through with your brother, yeah. with our kids. Yeah. So they know that you regret it yeah. and that it was the wrong thing and that it wasn't. I wish <sighs> I could go back and not do that. Yeah. I wish so badly because yeah. I feel like it had a negative effect on them. I mean, if I was adversely affected because of people bullying me, then you know I that, know that yeah. they were affected because I was a bully to them. I should have been there to protect them and to help them and, and to welcome them. But instead, yeah. I would reject them and make them feel outcast. And Okay, and I think there that there is something to say about having nine kids. Not that it's bad, but I do think it it's nine to one when your mom's the only one home. Yeah. And that was how it was for both of us a lot. Your dad worked a lot. My dad worked a lot. And like, because he had to take care of nine kids, you know. I think that there were um, things that happened because of that, because I also bullied Amanda and Jessica a lot. 
same things like I just was I was nice to them okay it was kind of like this if I was at school I was their protector if I was at home I didn't really care and I was annoyed by them a lot so I would just do mean things and say things to them and not really care and I got called out for it once when I was a teenager and ever since then I've been like wow you're right I should not do that who called you out uh, a neighbor that I would babysit what for. did they say well it was me and Jessica that were helping babysit her kids and we were driving and Jessica said something and I just said something like oh, so stupid that's so stupid or I don't even know what I said but I was really rude right in front of her like I felt comfortable enough to do that in front of her and she was like you know you shouldn't do that right you know you're making her feel horrible and she didn't do anything wrong and I was just kind of like oh because normally I wouldn't like do anything like that in front of people that weren't just my family I wouldn't feel comfortable enough and I I she was right and I it shook me to my core because nobody ever called me out like that I wish I would have gotten called out like that I needed Mm -hmm. it yeah because it wasn't (laughs) until I was an adult after my mission that I came home and I was like I was a terrible kid yeah. And I just oh feel man. so bad. I watch his family videos and he, he, he remind me of James actually. Yeah. And like sometimes James will get Sometimes offended. I'll see James do things and I'm like, I know that oh, feeling. Yeah. You need to calm down. Yeah. Like just lose your temper, you know, and it's not like he was a horrible kid. No. You were not a horrible kid. I know. But, you know, compared to how we are now, <laughs> it's a lot different. <laughs> you know, like... Me too. Like, I was not very nice at home, specifically. And I remember going to church and somebody saying something to that effect of, like, we, we, a lot of people pretend to be nice or are nice to strangers they don't know. But when it comes to their family, that's the people they're the meanest to. And I was like, that's me. Yeah. I don't know why. I felt more comfortable around them, so I just treated them like dirt, you know? And that was so wrong of me. And... I feel different now. I don't do that anymore at all. Like I don't treat any of my siblings like dirt except for Ryan and he, (laughs) no, I don't treat him like dirt. (laughs) But some of you may beg to differ (laughs) watching the (laughs) Beck and Ryan show. (laughs) You made a kid cry because they felt so bad for Ryan. And I'm sorry about (laughs) that. I felt really bad. I was like, oh, Uh, and we are I hope about you all it. say, you all know that Ryan, uh, we all t- always talk about the things that we do and he sometimes isn't aware of them, but I will always, after the video is over, I always say, Hey Ryan, are you okay? Should I go too far that time? And <laughs> sometimes he'll, he will let me know. He'll let you know. He lets me know. He's like, Oh yeah, I don't want you to do that ever again. Or, Oh, it's fine. That was really funny. That's going to be, make such a good video. So and 99% of the time he's like, Psh. It was fine. Yeah. It's only when you break into his house that he's like, don't ever that do was that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not okay. That I went too far that time. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so that was our episode on puberty. Except it ended up being more like bullying. Well, I feel like every episode in- includes bullying these days. Because you're talking about your childhood. There was a lot of bullying that went on. But I don't I don't want to talk about that only. Like there's yeah, other totally. things that happened. Yeah. But that just happens to be the topic. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, la, 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 la. Uh, I hope you guys appreciate this episode, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. We got a lot more 
fun and adventure coming your way very soon here on Beach Theory. I so didn't really sure talk much tuned. about puberty. Well, did you want to talk more? Sure. <laughs> he looked at me like I'm crazy. Better watch the video on YouTube so you can see all of these dirty looks he's getting. What do you want to say about puberty? <laughs> no, I just think, oh, oh, I do have a story to tell that is a little bit embarrassing. Oh, this is going to be good. Um, but my, da- my dad was so excited to see me grow up. I don't know why. He was so excited. He's like, you remind me of your mother in those pants or like, he would say things like that. I'm like, wow. okay. Like, he, and trust me, it's innocent. It's not like anything bad, but, um, well, knowing your dad, he always says things that are like, he's like very not politically correct. And just like, okay. he just says like whatever's on top of his head. Like, oh, dad. I can't you said that. <laughs> But he's never But we love him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um he he brought home <laughs> from his work a bra that he cuz he was actually always looking for clothes for all of us kids he because at the we transfer didn't station have, which is basically a dump. So he get people businesses that would donate yes. clothes that were out of style or out of season. Name brand like that had stuff. never been worn, never been used. Yeah, didn't get sold in the store. And so he'd bring him home and be like, hey, here's a perfectly good bra, I guess. Yeah, this is this is good. And it's because I think I was getting to that age where I was like, I think I might need a bra. And he, I think I was 11. And he's like, whoop. He's not feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to smile. He just tried he's to smile. He's trying to cheer himself up, but he's just a grumpy. Yeah, he's looking at the Poor microphone boy. like, what is that? He wants to make baby sounds in the mic. He just wants to eat it. Say hi. <laughs> Anyways. Tell um, us about this bra. <laughs> so he brought this home and he's like, I think you should wear it. See if it fits you. He's all excited for me to grow up. And I'm like. Wait, if you're not talking on the mic, we're not going to be able to hear you. Oh. He brought it home for me and he's like all excited for me to grow up, you know. <laughs> he's like, I think it will fit you. And he's all proud because he found what was my mom. Was that your first bra? Like we would tell him, we, yeah, we would tell him like, hey, we need this or hey, we need that. that. And he would like, he would like go and find things for us that we needed. So because we, we couldn't afford to buy it. So it was like he would just go find things that we needed at the dump, like keep an eye open for a few things. Anyways, he got one, but it was padded big time. It was my size, but it was padded. So it made me look way bigger than I actually was. And, and Aren't all bras padded? Not all of them. Usually some of them are just kind of there to support okay. and not like make you look different. <laughs> but um, he brought it home and, my, and he's like, try it on. I got it for you. <laughs> And so I tried it on and he was like, oh, yeah, she's growing up. He's all excited. <laughs> Look at the camera. Look. Look at you. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> He's smiling at himself. It's like he can see himself. But, um... He's all excited and so he's like, you have to wear it to school tomorrow. And I had this feeling like, it makes me look too different. I don't know if I really want to. And he's like, you should, you should. Anyway, just use it. You know, I got you that. You should use it. So I 
put it on and I wore it to school and the first thing that happens and this is a small town small classroom we probably had like maybe 20 students probably more like 15 students and he all of the kids start gossiping pointing at me and talking oh man here let me feed him again i've tried to wrap it up i know you wouldn't let me i know could have talked about the hey james <laughs> he's just not feeling good yeah can you wrap up the story quick? It's, yeah, I can, but I want him to... James, can you carry Max and burp him and bring him in the other room and take care of him for a minute? Thank you. You'll have to, you'll have to cut that part out, sorry. Yeah. Just bounce him. I think he might be f not feeling take very Take him to the good. front room for just five minutes. We're almost done. Yep. So the second I get into the school, everybody starts gossiping, like big time they're all looking at each other and looking at me and pointing and it was like a child's worst nightmare really it was like the typical thing you see in the movies where it's like <gasps> everyone's talking about me and it's yeah. so obvious but i can't just go up to them and be like why are you pointing at me and talking like you know like you don't <laughs> you don't do that so it was so embarrassing and then somebody finally came up to me and said something like they just said that you stuff your bra. Like that was a thing that people would stuff their bras and nobody really had bras yet. So it was like this big deal. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I didn't know what to do. I was just so embarrassed. It was one of those things where if I would have gotten so like embarrassed enough and taken it off, everyone would have known that too. So it was just kind of like, I'm not wearing this tomorrow. And then I didn't wear it like ever again, even though it was like a nice thing. It looked nice. It's just that I wasn't there yet and everybody knew it. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. <laughs> what a great time of life. Oh my goodness. Middle school was tr atrocious. It was not fun. Middle school's never fun, I think. That's a hard time to go through. Your whole, your whole body as you know it completely changed that was the one age that my mom was like you might want to go to public school but you're not allowed to go to public oh. school, to school. <laughs> she said you can go during elementary and, and high school but middle school you're she not probably going. had a bad experience in her middle school oh i'm sure it sounds like everybody does yeah, everybody anyone does. i've ever talked to middle school is like the worst yeah yeah just don't do it <laughs> so I was like, all right cool you want to worry about it then yeah Oh, man, that was embarrassing. <laughs> well, let's wrap it up because you got to take care of baby boy. Oh, yeah. Well, he seems happy. Anyways, <sighs> what a great time of life, right? Anyways, um, tune in next time to hear more about puberty and us growing up. <laughs> what our life was like. Thanks for listening. Or what our lives we weren't met. We didn't meet yet. Anyways. <laughs> Pop the game. Talk to you guys later. Bye.